This episode is brought to you by our very own Complement Essential, the perfect complement to a plant-based diet with just the hard-to-get nutrients and nothing else. Now coming in a 100% biodegradable pouch. Learn more at lovecomplement.com and use code NOMEAT at checkout to save $10 off your first order. Hi, this is Hope. This is Kareem. Hi, this is Katie from Washington, D.C., and you're listening to No Meat Athlete Radio. Doug, it's uh, it's officially summertime. I believe we mm-hmm. we may have to be recording an episode in the summertime yet, or is this this is our first summertime episode uh, this year? Let's see. Uh, no, you're, uh, you're yeah. Oh, we I did think, we did your post vacation. Yeah. So that was, yep. that, was a, that was an appropriate uh, conversation for first summertime episode, but uh, mm-hmm. it, it feels like summertime now. Um, we did have we did have the famous Nomad Athlete Radio Summer Running Camp series, which we did. Back in, must have been must have been 2016. I, w- I would say that was about the peak of the of the show back then. That, uh, back when it was the highest quality, I would say for sure. Highest quality, most engagement, uh, uh-huh. most downloads. Probably had the most most demand from advertisers. I'd say that's when we yep. peaked. 20, 2015, 2016. Uh, <laughs> that was a long time ago. Man. Downhill journey. <laughs> yeah, uh, but we put out like we put out like four in a row. I think it was just one a week, but uh, and we sort of had a salute your shorts motif going on in the background yep. of it. A lot of inside jokes mm-hmm. about Nick and donkey lips and uh, all those other. We we even had a fan sponge. write us a song. We had a yeah we had a song come in, which you I think you sung it on the air maybe. Uh huh. Yep. Uh, yeah. Those, those were the, were the days. good old days. They, they were the days. The good old days. <laughs> but anyway, it's summertime now, and uh, and summertime for me, or I should say. Wimbledon, the tennis tournament, that okay. I have a strong association with summertime with, not because I'm a very big tennis fan, but uh, my my extended family on my mom's side, several of them are were high school tennis players and their kids were high school tennis players. And so they always watch it. It was always a big thing. So growing up, we would go to the beach with with that side of the family and they would watch it and it would be on you know all week long. And uh, I just kind of got exposed to it. So it, it, for some reason, it's for me a very strong association with summer, even more than like uh, the golf tournament, some of the major golf tournaments that happen in the summertime, those as well, but not quite as strongly. Anyway, uh, I just saw a headline today. As that's I was interesting, man. I, I, this is new. This is new information for me. <laughs> oh, yeah. Ten years into okay. our relationship, I had no idea that you even watched any tennis ever. Yeah, I, I, I mean, it's kind of fun. I like watching tennis, and I used to play tennis when I was younger. Never, never competitively, but uh, you know, I had a rough country club upbringing, and I had to play tennis and uh, <laughs> did, did a little bit then. Uh, okay. But anyway, um, I came across a headline that uh, that said a, a bid, I guess they call it a bid, I don't know why they call it a bid, but a bid to replace the ball boys with dogs at Wimbledon this year, Wimbledon this year has flopped, failed miserably. They, But I thought that was interesting enough that they were trying to use dogs uh, to, to get the balls. That would have been way more entertaining to watch. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but it failed miserably in the no reason. sense because then you still would have had like... We probably would have still had to have a trainer there to hold them, right? And then be like, go. I don't know. I mean, I think they, apparently they, they trained them and they, they had speed and agility tests um, oh and, and several others. They had a, they were able to jump over the nets, all kinds of things they could do. Um, but the reason it failed, and the picture shows shows gold, a golden retriever holding a tennis ball uh, on a tennis court, which is probably just a stock image. But uh, So I don't know if they actually used golden retrievers or not. I hope they did. Uh but 
well, I don't know if I hope they did. I hope, I hope they use adopt, adopted dogs. That would have been best. But I bet they didn't use uh, adopted rescued dogs because I think they probably are. They probably need a certain breed to, to ensure, you know, the intelligence that or the that the training consistency will work. But anyway, the problem was the dogs wouldn't give the ball back. They wouldn't give the ball back to the tennis players. So if you've ever had, if you've ever had it, and I, this happened with my dogs all the time, they would chase something and bring it back to you, and then they don't let go. They want to tug a war with you. And uh, that's what was happening too much. So that is so funny. That is so (laughs) funny. I thought so too. And then I thought, perfect thing for this podcast because it's an animal. And then I thought, are people going to get mad because it's, uh, you know, uh, exploiting animals and making them making them chase balls like this? Hopefully, they treated them very nicely and the dogs enjoyed it. Uh, Seems like they did if they were wanting to play tug of war with with the balls. Yeah, that is that is pretty funny. So, all right, here's a question. You may know this is. uh, do they reuse the tennis balls? Like, you know, if it goes out, is it like, is that tennis ball done for the match? It goes or, in, or would, the they, crowd? would the ball away hand that back to the to the player? Oh, I'm pretty sure they reuse them, I think. But if it goes okay. into the crowd, which I don't know how often yeah. that happens, I would assume the right, crowd okay. just keeps that ball. But they don't like retire, uh, you know, like oftentimes they'll retire a baseball or something after it gets hit. Yeah, I think, I think in a baseball game, don't they go through like a handful, a dozen or 19, 20 balls or something like that? Yeah, yeah. So they they were using them, but you know, but they get retired. Probably the right. same thing. Yeah, with I mean, tennis ball. balls definitely definitely go flat. But I don't know yeah. if I don't know if the, you know a pro hitting it, you know, a hundred times is going to make it be flat or not. I have no idea. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm guessing I'm guessing they they let those balls play for the duration of the match. So uh, just the reason I ask is because I think it'd be hilarious <laughs> to see like some pro. Uh, some pro player like get the ball back from the dog and it's like covered in slobber and he's like <laughs> right. wiping it off with his shirt. Or I mean that does seem like, like it, that seems like that would be an issue. Yeah. <laughs> just just at a level like of play like that where you expect the ball to be completely consistent and everything. I mean I don't know. Totally, yeah. If there's just a little bit of a bite mark or a yeah. slobber, yeah. Right. <laughs> anyway. Uh, that's a good story, good Matt. Uh, I appreciate that. <laughs> Out of here. But I, I feel I do feel terribly for those dogs that probably went through a ton of training and now don't get to don't get to yeah. shine, don't get the spotlight. Yeah. Maybe they maybe they can <laughs> find another use for their skill now. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. Well, anyway. I have uh I've been locked up in the house for the last week. My family has all come down with COVID post vacation and uh That's too bad. Let me tell you, man, I am itching to get out and do something fun yeah get out and exercise yeah i hear you all right my i mentioned last time that my wife erin had it and she two weeks later she's still like not the same yet and Mm -hmm. it's killing me to not just i mean not not suffering on her behalf but just like we just don't do anything now we just can't you know (laughs) so she never feels like doing anything so we're just letting her recover yeah but uh, that's yeah, yeah. It's, it's no good, no good. It it sure does seem contagious. It goes through households very, very quickly. Yeah, I, Katie and I were talking about that the other day. You know, I mean, look, we get sick. You know, a kid in school, you get sick a lot, right? You get a cold or or something mm-hmm. like that. But you know, usually it's like one of us will get it, and the other one won't, or you know, one of us will get it and it won't. It'll be very mild or something like that. And uh, but no, I mean, this just it was like the domino effect. It was me, and then. Two days later was Katie, and then two days later was both the girls, and you know, I mean, everyone has just been wiped out, and uh, it definitely is is it's plowing through the house. Mm, but, yeah, but and now there's oh. nobody else to get it, so we should be hopefully there you go. herd immunity. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, <laughs> at least in our house. All right. 
Are you doing anything fun for the fourth? Hope everyone keeps recovering. Uh, No, I am not. We were going to go to Kansas City for uh, futsal, which is the indoor soccer thing that my kids do. Uh, I I mean, I didn't intend to go into this, but (laughs) my son made it. He like made it uh, past the regional level and got to this national ID camp where they're picking the national team of the futsal players. Uh, wow. But at the last minute, yeah, it's cool, and I hate to not do it, but but we're not because COVID hit us, hit him and my wife, and that slowed us down for a week. So then now the idea of going out to Kansas City, which we were going to do right now, uh, it just it just seems too much. And then the the reward reward if you make the team is you get to go play at a big event against other countries. In it's in Argentina this year, but it's it's three weeks after you would find out you're on the team. And I looked up. I looked up flights to Argentina in three weeks from now. Just hypothetically, if it was, if I had three weeks to get a flight, and they were like eighteen hundred dollars each. So that oh my plus gosh. the event cost would be like this would be a ten thousand dollar trip for two people. Uh, oh my gosh! So we just like it's just not 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 worth it. So we're not going to Kansas yeah. City, um, and we'll okay. therefore be home on the fourth. And I think that's really nice. I'm, I'm actually really glad, as I've complained about here before. Uh, we do so much soccer stuff that like to just to just have a week where we're not doing anything that was. We were planning to do something, and now there's an empty week. Is like amazing, so I'm mm-hmm. quite looking forward to that. What about you? Gonna do some Beyond Meat cooking? Yeah, we're definitely gonna do some Beyond Meat meat cooking. I would say, uh, or something along those lines. We um, we had plans. We you know we always do a big uh, like do a, the local parade and fireworks and all that stuff. I think uh, I think that uh, the the girls will be still in the window where they're not supposed to leave the house. So, uh, we'll probably just do something here and have a little like family barbecue and, and find a spot to, to, uh, watch the fireworks and like that, but it'll be low key, but it'll be really nice. It'll be good. Yeah, that is nice. Mm-hmm. I do. You know, I like a good holiday where there's just not a lot, you know, there's like, there's not a lot of prep. There's not a lot of anticipation, Definitely. you know, but it's yeah. still a t- like still something that actually like you want to celebrate, you know, it's not just, uh, I don't know, some, yep. some random holiday that you kind of forget about. Yeah, that's a good point. I know what you mean. Yeah. Agreed. Good. All right. Well, um, let's talk about our topic today, which you came up with, and I think it's a good one. People, I know everyone out there listening assumes that we're just the healthiest people in the world, looks up to us as kind of health <laughs> icons. But just like you, we put our pants on one leg at a time, and we have our own <laughs> struggles. And Doug wanted us to... Mingle with the common folk and talk about our struggles. <laughs> yeah. Yep, that's right. Yeah, so today we're going to be talking about the habits that we struggle with the most, the health habits that we struggle with the most. Um, because, like you said, we're not perfect. And, uh, <laughs> Despite and, yeah, and, you know, and, and I, you know, I don't think, when I pitched this idea, it wasn't that uh, we would have, like, concrete solutions or things that we were going to do to change it or anything like that, but just kind of, like, Put them out there, discuss it, banter back and forth, figure out, you know, maybe what we yeah. could do a little differently, and maybe it would inspire you to uh, get some ideas on how to address some of those habits of your own. Yeah. So we will wallow in our inability to, you know, do well with these things, and it's basically a one long downward facing Doug episode. Where we just sort of, <laughs> exactly. And hope that that inspires you to to fix your problems. <laughs> Because it probably won't inspire us to fix that. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. So, uh, so what do we got? What's what's your biggest one? I mean, I have a handful that I thought of, and uh, I think I think we just kind of 
Yeah. All right, not, so not I, I got one. Just have a I got one right, that we joke about. Yeah, it's one we joke about uh, often on your vegan, this vegan meat consumption or your corn chips? Uh, it, closer with the corn chips. Yeah, definitely uh, related to corn chips. And that is uh, snacking. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm a really bad snacker. And by, when I say bad snacker, what I mean is uh, it's hard for me to walk past the kitchen and not just like grab a little bit of something. Or if I see something, then I will definitely take it. And um, uh-huh. and I don't know, I don't like I, I've never really been able to put a finger on like why that is, you know. And I can put out healthy snacks, and I'll just snack on those. But you know, but I'm snacking. I just a snacker. Right. I like to eat throughout the day, and uh-huh. um, and uh, the way the the way that the best way that I've gotten to kind of break that cycle a little bit is with the intermittent fasting, which I which I took a little bit of a break from. We talked about that when I was in my. Uh, in my old office, but since I've moved home, I've reignited that, um, mm. that habit. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I do, I do nine to 11, which is 14 hours. So it's not like that big of a window. Um, uh, sometimes it's a little longer than that just if I, cause I don't like at 11, I don't run to the kitchen to grab something, but, um, but that's what kind of at nine o'clock though. Well, I mean, oftentimes we don't eat, oftentimes we'll eat dinner after, um, the girls go down oh, or, okay. or, or I'll have a beer or something, a glass of wine or something like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, yeah. So, so, I mean, but even sometimes like Katie's a snacker too, you know, so sometimes we'll, sometimes what we'll do is we'll have a light dinner with the girls and then we'll just have like a little bit more or a snack or something after they go down. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. And, uh, and so, but but honestly, probably the the biggest thing there at that nine p.m. window is uh, is alcohol, mm-hmm. which yeah. I haven't had in a, in a week since I've been sick, and that's been great. <laughs> yeah, I know um, that is that is always a good thing about sickness; is it makes you take a break from any drinking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Speaking of which, yeah, so well, anyway, will, so snacking, yeah, it's just, it's like, but but I, so what I think the reason I think it's a little bit of a problem is I, I've always wanted to shed a couple pounds. We've talked about that as well. And, uh, and I think that, and I don't have any facts to back me up here, but I'm, I'm pretty sure cause I eat pretty healthy dinners and meals and things like that, that if I just cut out the snacking, it would probably fall right off. <laughs> I don't know that for sure, but that's what it feels like. So, I mean, like, why don't you just not buy the snacks? <laughs> not have snacks around? <laughs> Wouldn't that solve the problem? <laughs> uh yeah i mean i guess it would sure but, but you, like but you like the snacks i like the snacks them. yeah because <laughs> <Okay. laughs> you know? we i i'm i mean i think aaron and i maybe used to have this tendency but the, as i mentioned last episode on, in a different topic like the kids will just plow through anything we buy if we buy a bag of pretzels mm. the kids destroy it so we just said well we're not buying pretzels anymore because it's stupid like let's make them be hungry and then have to eat fruit or or almonds instead and mm-hmm. that's what they do. So we just have pretty much stopped. Aaron still does buy every now and then a, a bag of pretzels. And I'm like, why do you do that? Because they just eat it again. But we just stop. And and then I eat nuts and fruits. Whereas I, I would eat the snacks if we had them. But we just don't anymore. Well, so it's not always junk snacks. Like, you know, maybe it is nuts. You know, if I have, if we have nuts around, then oftentimes mm-hmm. I'll just like walk by and grab a handful of nuts. You know, but if I'm doing that like three or four times a day... For no reason, because yeah, I'm, that, you know, I'm not like true. hungry. Nuts are a um, life extender, though. So I guess, I guess, <laughs> if you're really concerned about losing weight, then, then which I don't think you are, 
then uh then yeah nuts maybe not your best snack choice but like to me that doesn't count as a snack because there's a lot of days when i don't get the nuts that i wish i got in a day so if i if i have twice a handful of nuts in a day like that's kind of it's probably a net good yeah yeah but it doesn't help but again if you're trying to lose pounds then it doesn't it doesn't help because it's gonna still be calories yeah, I mean, I mean, like, let's be real. I'm not, I'm not stressing over my weight or anything like that. If I was, right. then I'm sure I would have figured it out by now. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. But I mean, I, you know, it's just, it's just like, and I'm not even stressing over this habit. I just think it's a, it's a very, it's a, it's a bad habit, or it's a, it's a habit of concern that uh, has plagued me my entire life, probably. Mm-hmm. Hmm. All right. Good. Well, at least you've identified it. <laughs> all right i got one we mentioned it already we mentioned alcohol uh that uh-huh. was the number one first thing immediate thing that i thought of because my diet has gotten really really healthy in the past like five years i think it mm-hmm. used to be sort of when i would make an effort it would be healthy now it just basically is healthy and i have you know go through ruts or whatever where we're busy and i'm just eating you know more junk but like i don't i don't eat sugar i don't eat snacks i don't i just don't eat like bad stuff and somehow it just has has come except alcohol i i do not pretend it is good for me i know there's it's fun to talk about heart healthy red wine and artery scrubbing flavonoids inside certain wines um but none of that really holds water when you look at it scientifically uh there's lots of you know things that say that people who drink zero drinks a day have a higher rate of mortality than people who drink between one and four drinks a day um but that's that's flawed as well because it turns out that people who drink zero drinks are the ones who do so because they have a health problem. So they they go to an alcohol free life in hopes of mm. fixing their problem, but they still their mortality risk remains um, from from whatever their underlying thing is. So it's just like there there appears to be no evidence that alcohol is actually good for you in any way. Um, but I like still have this association somehow that like it's a, a contributor to a healthy good lifestyle it's relaxing and it's just like it's just my favorite moment of the day is when i get to like finally have a glass of wine at the end of the day or a beer yeah uh mm-hmm. it feels like it feels like a you know just a little mini celebration of like did it did another another day and it tastes good and i like it and i like I like talking to people while i have a beer with them or in a glass of wine so it's like i have no desire to stop and yet i also know that it's the least healthy thing that i do uh yeah and if it was just always one glass a day, I wouldn't really feel this way. I, we did an episode on this. It was called, uh, I think it was called, Is There Really No Safe Level of Alcohol or No Safe Level of Drinking or something like that? Uh, and it was about a study that came out, and that was the headline that was going around, uh, that there was no safe level of drinking study finds. Um, so I've looked a lot at those stats, and like one drink a day has negligible impact on, on risk. Um, but but two or three a day does, and and a drink is not as big as you think it is. So if I could always just have one a day, I probably wouldn't think about this as a bad habit. But you know, there's plenty of days or plenty of periods where I'll I'll creep up to two or three, and you know, when you're having three drinks a day, that's that gets to be clearly not a healthy habit at least in my in my mind. So yeah, um, yeah, that's I don't know, it's a hard one. I just like I have no desire to. I, I'm not. I don't view it as like a problem or something I want to stop um, because I enjoy it a lot, and it doesn't doesn't negatively impact my life except that i think perhaps it's not healthy once it gets to you know two or more a day right so i can relate to this i mean i'm the exact same way i you know i I drink 
almost every day I have a, a glass of wine or a beer. Um, and, uh, and you know, many times it's more than that. Uh, you know, rarely am I getting drunk, you know? I mean, yeah, like, very rare. Uh, but very, like very once rarely, a week or but... less, right? <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like only on the weekends, you know? <laughs> um, <laughs> no, 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 that's, it's not, it's not a good joke. Um, of course not. Uh, but it's not, it's also not true. I mean, it, like, I, th- I, I think, that, like, the kids, um, kids for me are, are, were, were the thing that just made it to where getting drunk was just not, right. not at all worth not, it anymore. Exactly. Because <laughs> you, you still have to be a father. You still have to wake yeah. up. You still have to be good. And if you're not good, you know, the worst part is like if you are hungover and you're, um, you know, you're ignoring your kid or, or like not giving them the attention that they want. Like then you just feel super guilty because you know that the only reason you're doing that is because you had too many drinks the night before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, that's okay. um, <clears throat> no, I, I can just relate to this. I I can relate to this entirely. What I think, um, like what's what's worked for me, or what I've been thinking about recently. So okay, I'm gonna take a step back. I feel like, and tell me if you agree or disagree, that going sober or stopping drinking has become, and I don't mean this from like an alcoholic's perspective, but just like people who don't struggle with alcohol, but kind of cutting it out entirely has become much more common. Do you yeah. feel that way? Definitely. Yep. And there's a lot more marketing of, of alcohol-free beers I've seen recently. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, and, and liquors and, and I mean, I just, I just, you just see yeah. like, you know, even on sometimes on like cocktail menus, there'll be non-alcoholic cocktails. Mm-hmm. That are just right alongside the regular ones, just like there are, you know, a vegan burger right next to a regular burger, you know, um, and uh, and I I think that that is I think that's really cool for a couple of reasons, mm-hmm. and I I'm, I'm, it's unclear to me if that's like something I'm just noticing. Obviously, there's more products, but like, did people our age just auto, you know like have they always just kind of stopped drinking <laughs> because you know you reach Once a certain age, age. And just not as, yeah I don't like, think like, so did, I. I when I observe this trend, I, I think it's a lot of younger people. I have the sense that it's a lot of like 20-somethings who mm. get out of college and just stop drinking. I don't know. I'm, uh-huh. I'm not sure. It's just a sense that I have. It just seems like that's what it is. So, so no, I don't think so. I think my, my guess think is, this is that, a newer no, a newer thing. I think so. That'd be my guess. Because yeah, maybe we're just noticing. But like I said, I see the marketing everywhere now. Uh Especially in Europe, which is interesting because I don't think of Europe as like necessarily a trendsetter. Uh, hmm. But I noticed that there, that there was alcohol-free beers at a lot of different places and ads for them. And now I see it when I watch European soccer games. There's a lot of ads on TV. Even though they're made for an American audience, the ads, they're still for alcohol-free beers. And now you see like the, I think it's Heineken Zero commercials. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I just, I just never, when I was a kid, never saw alcohol-free Beer commercials. I guess I saw Old Duels commercials, so that's not entirely true. I saw Old Duels. Yeah, yeah, you saw uh, Old Duels, but yeah, I don't um, know. So no, you know, I, I, I think went. It's, I think it's a new thing. I went to a dive bar a couple weeks ago, and mm-hmm. uh, and did you know they make alcohol-free PBR that looks exactly like regular PBR, just like slightly different coloring? No, no. Like the the can just it looks very slightly different, but the design is the exact same. Yeah, mm-hmm. But it's alcohol-free PBR. Anyway. If you're at a dive bar and you want to fit in, just get an alcoholic PBR. Yeah. Um, but uh, where I was going with this was, um, 
the thing that really has worked for me over the over the year last year or two because we've been talking about this some is is just not even trying to pretend like i'm going to only drink on fridays or or something like that but just like mm-hmm. replace replace have non-alcoholic beers in the fridge and oftentimes i will just choose that one and it'll give me the same level of satisfaction yeah it gives it gives almost the same level of satisfaction it's not quite the same i wish i could no. get because it's, it's like a mental hangout i swear it is like a if i if i think i'm having an alcoholic beverage to end the day it's like it it it's this i think a placebo would work just as well if i thought it was alcohol so i think mm-hmm. if i had a one and a half percent beer that would mm-hmm. that would do the trick for me and it would probably taste better too so that's my request is brewers listening please make that make near beer that's what i want near beer is that a thing yeah it's like that's uh it should be i think it was i think i first heard about it in the context of like utah and the mormons and how they didn't allow uh, yeah. you to sell oh, regular yeah, okay. beer. They would uh-huh. sell near beer. Where they can't get uh, like over 3% or 4%. Yeah, or right. So they would make near beer versions of popular beers. But anyway, I, mm. I would like that. And that's that has become a huge thing. I, I always opt for the lower alcohol beers now. Uh, and if I can find like a, a hazy IPA that is like 4.5 or even 5.5% yeah. to me, that is a, yeah. that's a great find instead of 7. Because uh-huh. I'm just, just not interested in feeling buzzed after, after a beer. Yeah, you know, God. We, I am on the exact same page. The first thing I look at now when I when I go to a when I go to a like a a bar, you know, and they have all the beers up. The first thing I'm looking at is percent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not I know. Brewery, right because you automatically eliminate half the list. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, you, you pick all right. So these are the the four options that I have that are under six percent or whatever. Right. You know, right. and, and right. now I'm going to pick which one I want. Yeah, <clears throat> I mean, not, not that there's not a place for a. a the best beer you can get as far as taste goes every now and then that's good but sure you know 80 percent of situations that's not what i want all right if you're i think it's enough alcohol doug we should okay, move on right. <laughs> okay <laughs> i could talk about that for for all day I know. Um, I know. all right so before we get on to the my next one why don't we pause for a second to thank our sponsor okay this episode is brought to you by compliment essential the eight critical hard to get nutrients on a plant-based diet all in one place there's no question that a plant-based diet is a nutrient powerhouse, right, Matt? No Definitely. question. No question whatsoever. Well, you, yeah, no. Except that you had to ask me. You had to ask if it was right. So it sort of like seems like there is a question. <laughs> you know, I just think we have to, like, when we're talking about supplementing plant-based diet, you got to kind of qualify that we're on the same team here. We believe that the plant-based <laughs> diet is the best. <laughs> but no matter how great it is for your long-term health, no diet is perfect. You know, like I said, I snack all day. My diet yep. is not perfect. Even a well-planned diet can lack a few important nutrients for your health. That's where Complement Essential comes in. We provide the eight hard-to-get nutrients in science-backed bioavailable, bioavailable amounts, all in a simple black capsule you take daily. It includes the nutrients you hear a lot about, like vitamins B12, D3, and your DHA and EPA omega-3 fatty acids. But we've also added a handful of nutrients that are technically available through plants, but most of us just aren't getting enough of, like zinc, iodine, K2, magnesium, and selenium. But that's it. There's no other nutrients. There's, this isn't a giant multivitamin with everything under the kitchen sink. Everything else, you're probably getting those things through, uh, through the plant foods that you're eating. I love that's Compliment right. Essential. You love Compliment Essential. We take it every day. Our wives do, too, I imagine. And my wife does. I don't know about yours, but I think so. Yes, of course. 
Uh, Doug, have and, we you you as a you're related? You're involved in the marketing of the organization. Uh, how come there hasn't been a compla compliment campaign that's been done yet to celebrate the new mint flavor, oh, which I think is, is so just smart. game changer. I know it is. I, I mean, I think the, 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 the mint taste is a complete game changer. I actually had last night. I always have this, but last night in particular, I had compliment and tasted that minty goodness when I did, and I thought, man, it is so good now. It, it tastes like junior mints to me. Maybe it's the dark color of it that makes it seem like <laughs> yeah, it's chocolate dark color in them. but that with a mint uh-huh. flavor and it, and it seems like junior mints and in, instead of algae which is what honestly it used to taste like when when you got a bad uh-huh. batch or a burst capsule but now it doesn't so it's uh it's yeah yeah it's, it's, it's and, and we're not actually flavoring the capsules we're putting a little mint cap like capsule cap cap mint essence little yeah. thing inside it's like your, an aroma inside the bag but it just like it kind of like fills the bag with the scent it fills the bag with the essence of mint so you get yep. that every time you you take the capsules and it's uh it's a very pleasant experience yes it is and of course the the new pouches are 100 percent biodegradable and they come with a reusable reusable glass jar so you just dump the bag into the gla- into the jar and uh and you're good to go you can learn more at compliment essential you can learn more about Compliment Essential at lovecompliment.com and use code NOMEAT at checkout to save an additional $10 off your first purchase. That's lovecompliment.com and use promo code NOMEAT to save. Okay. <clears throat> Back to our habits. Back to our struggling <clears throat> Back to our habits. habits. All right. What do you got, Doug? Uh, here, here's one. All right. I'm not going to say that this is really a bad habit. Uh, but it is something that I wrestle with a lot when it comes to uh, my fitness level, and uh, mm-hmm. and and kind of co- in in comparison to to my friends, my colleagues, my uh, you know the people I run with and stuff like that. I, I believe we've touched on this a little bit as well. But um, I I find myself really struggling to have like that that like gear that is is like really intense. You know, like I'm gonna go run a really hard workout or go to the gym and just get totally swole, mm-hmm. you know, just mm-hmm. like, like, I don't, I, I, I have, you know, I can suffer. Right. I mean, that's like, that's mm-hmm. my thing, right. Like suffering through long runs and all that stuff. It's not about that. It's not about being uncomfortable. It's just for whatever reason, like I just, I'm so much more attracted to running at a casual pace <laughs> or a less intense pace that just feels that just, uh, I don't know. I just get so much more enjoyable enjoyment out of that than like really intense workouts. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I think that, you know, I, I think that, so the positive is that I think that that is partly why I have, you know, for the most part been injury free for the last 10 or so years. Once I quit doing consistent track workouts and, 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 you know, kind of revved up my, in my consistency on <clears throat> more moderately intense workouts, I kind of, quit being injured. Um, but, uh, I also think that that's probably holding me back to some level. Uh huh. Yeah. I think, I think that's probably right. I think, uh, I mean, this relates to one of mine. I don't want to, I don't want to go into mine yet and just steal the thunder here. Uh, so I'll save that. But, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I think, I think (laughs) I'm guessing from my own experience that I think once once you would get into that, like if you could have an easy introduction into that, I think you might find yourself enjoying that other stuff once you get over the initial month of it feeling terrible. 
because uh, that was kind of my experience when I went through this the CrossFit endurance kind of thing. Like it was just really mm-hmm. hard for a little while, and then I started to really enjoy it and started to actually realize like wow, like you can like crank out a fifteen minute really hard workout, and that's your workout for the day instead of forty five minutes of running. And you know, I, I know you would probably enjoy running more than I do, uh, but I don't know. Like it, it it got to be not that hard to push hard for fifteen minutes because. Yeah, like we talk about in other contexts, like you know, it's the end is coming soon, and you just have to get to there, and then you can be done. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I I think that's probably what you, not to say that's what you need, but like, but perhaps, I don't know. Like, there's probably a lot of gains to be had by, especially since you, it's probably been years and years that you have you know done this one type of training and not much of the other. Definitely. I mean, ninety uh, percent of my training over the last eight to ten years has been moderate to low intensity. Mm-hmm. I mean, and and that uh, if you include like a long run and that, I mean, like as far as as far as yeah, intensity goes, not necessarily difficulty, but um, yeah, I, yeah, you know, I don't know. I just like it. It just uh, maybe it is the fact that it is just really hard and uh, whatever. But you know, some people your CrossFit people is a good example are just, uh, you know, attracted to that and drawn to that type of workout. And when Mm -hmm. they go, you know, even if they're, even if they haven't gone in, you know, a couple months or whatever, they go and they work out as hard as they can. And they just like totally are exhausted and on the floor, you know, just like rolling around or whatever. And, and I just like, that's not, I've never been attracted to that. And I can't quite figure out why. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, all in all, I don't think that's, I don't think you have a problem there, right? Like, like it, it'd be nice if that was also good because then you'd have a little more of a well-rounded approach to fitness that involves some other kinds of activity other than, you know, I don't know what, what class you put your, what is it, zone two that they call that kind of training? Mm-hmm. I think you probably do more than that. Uh, yeah. But anyway, um, but the, the fact is you have a type of fitness that you're really consistent with and you stay with and you just keep doing for years and years, like I said. And like, that's more a good thing than a bad thing, right? That, that, you, that you keep doing this type of fitness, uh, for decades of your life. So I don't think that's, that's too big of a problem, more just an opportunity that you, I don't know, you might benefit if you explore it, but yeah, I think you're all right. So mine related <laughs> Thanks, <man>. to that, <laughs> mine related to that is, uh, this is, this is for sure my number two thing that, that after alcohol immediately came up, like that's, that's one. I, I am terrible about consistency. Uh, and it doesn't mean that I can't commit to something. It's I have this kind of all or nothing approach to whatever the flavor of the week is for me with fitness. And I will do only that. And I'll read all the books about that. And sometimes it can be running. It, if I'm motivated by the right race or something, it's been a while since I have been. Although actually at the beginning of this year, I was, I was pretty motivated. Um, and then I'll just go completely out of it. So like right now, I've been like almost a month that I haven't done any serious kettlebell training except for like occasional workouts to keep it maintained. And it mainly happened because my it got Charlotte is extremely hot in the summertime, and my gym's in my garage, and it just got so hot out there that I would have to work out like first thing in the morning. Uh, I mean, I can I can approach different ways of fixing it, like getting a fan and finding some other solutions for sure. I have to, uh, but like I missed a week just because of that stuff and I was doing some other things instead um and then now I'm like it's fighting so hard to like try to get back into it because I don't want to lose something that I was consistent at for a year and a half uh so 
this is and this is the story of my life not not just in fitness in hobbies and everything i just get completely into one thing and that's all i want to think about and the only thing that i can think about um and then sure enough without fail after a few months kettlebells lasted and has lasted much longer than that but almost all the time within three months i'm i'm kind of over whatever was so exciting to me so Mm -hmm. in some way like this is who I am. I can't really imagine changing it. And I also think there's a lot to be said for uh, or th- that the idea of balance is is very much overrated, that if you just sort of have this balanced approach to all these things and you're always just doing a small amount of a lot of things, I tend to think that you don't really ever really make any breakthroughs or get anywhere uh, as opposed to going all in with something and then going all in with something else and then coming back at some point. Uh, so, I mean, I like this approach, but it like, it definitely has major drawbacks to me and I don't know. It's just like, it's, it's because I switch gears so often, let's say, let's say three times a year, I'm going to switch gears into what I'm interested in. What, uh, as to what is interesting to me in fitness. Um, each time that like there's a switching point, I don't immediately go to the next thing. It's like, I, I lose interest in something and then there's a gap and it might be six months before I, you know, get inspired with fitness again. Um, so yeah. there's a lot of, a lot of gaps where I just don't do anything. Uh, so, so consistently, definitely, definitely not at all with food, but with, uh, with fitness habits, it's, it's a, it's a major thing for me. Yeah. You, you know, if there's one thing I know about you, Matt, it's that you go all in on things and then, uh, you know, six months later, it may not be a part of your life at all. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that, that is not a bad thing. Cause it, I, like, honestly, it's, it's inspiring and it's, uh, um, exciting i guess you know when when you get excited about something it's contagious uh and and i have learned a lot from a lot of those little like those little paths you've taken and uh mm-hmm. and been able to kind of attach on and that that actually leads me to my next one but uh, but before we get there um you know i mean i think i think it's really cool but i'm also you know i'm sure that if you were able to kind of stick with something longer and it seems like the kettlebell you know i know that you've you're on like a month here but um you know, you've been talking about kettlebells for a while now. Um, it seems like that is stuck and that has led to yeah. some other progressive stuff. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I mean, I imagine that, you know, like you said, if, if you were able to kind of lock in those habits for longer, then that wouldn't, uh, wouldn't be a bad thing. But, you know, I mean, I think that the, the more important thing in my mind is that something else inspires you. So even if it is switching, you know, even if you take a, a month off and or whatever, and then you get all excited about like rope climbing and that's the only thing you do, um, you know, mm-hmm. at least it's like, uh, you know, as long as you're switching to something else and kind of going all in on that, then, then that's like fun and, and different. Yeah. I, I agree with you. Yeah. Oh, good. So what do you got? My, What's your next? My next one, my next one is, uh, it, and how it relates to that is that I, I, um, when it comes to not so much, not running, running, I have gone deep into for a long, long time and obsessed over. Um, mm-hmm. but when it comes to other levels of fitness stuff and, and even some like other things that I'm interested in, I, you know, I tend to kind of, uh, not go all that deep. Right. So like, like the kettlebell training, uh, since, since you have, uh, kind of, you inspired me several months ago, a year ago, whatever to, to get a kettlebell. I still use it consistently, still use it several times a week. Um, 
but you know, I, I do the same couple exercises. I, you know, I've read the and watched this like a few different videos and then that's about it. Like I just kind of like, just do it. I don't, I, you know, you, you go deep in with all these, all the several different books and you kind of like pull in nutrition stuff from it and like kind of go all into that stuff. And, and I, I've never like, aside from certain running training, I've never really like done that. And, and I, I don't think that's a bad thing again. You know, I don't know that it's a good thing either, but like, I, I tend to have this kind of surface level of, of interest on in a lot of health and fitness stuff that, um, that, uh, you know, get, allows me to get by, but that means that I'm not like ever super going deep into stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just the opposite, opposite, uh, mindset as I have. And it's not, it's <laughs> yeah. not that I don't think either of us chose the mindset. It's just what we naturally do. Um, mm-hmm. and, and so it has, it has its pros and it has its cons and they're the opposites of, of mine. So yeah, I, I get it <laughs> completely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so but perhaps that's why we, what's... why we, why we were a good foil for one another on the, on the <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Cause we can, uh, we can poke fun of the fact that I don't actually know what, you know, what I'm talking <laughs> about around something. And I, you know, maybe, uh, <laughs> yeah. you've given up right. on something you were obsessed about <laughs> last week. Yep. <laughs> Um, yeah. Hey, speaking of that, uh, unrelated side note, I have been running, like I fairly consistently run uh, about four or five times a week, and I have completely, 100% of my running now is toe striking, uh, or at, at least midfoot, but I think it's more on the toe, uh, that pose mm. thing. Like, it has, it like, uh, one of those themes is like, when you do something long enough, eventually it just becomes a part of you, and it seems so hard at the beginning, but then literally the answer is just more time doing it and eventually it becomes part of you. So like that, I was having all these calf issues and that really derailed a lot of my plans and stuff I was training for. Um, but just for months since then, I've kind of like, I've just like pulled back from being so interested in all these different CrossFit endurance and the running and everything. But I just, for all my runs, it used to be my daily easy run. Now I do it focused on this good form or not even focused on it anymore, just, just doing it. Um, which has really like been... I guess almost surprising to me because that seems like a pretty major change. Uh, and it certainly felt like one and it still feels like one when I run it, it just doesn't feel natural yet. Um, mm-hmm. but, but I put in a whole lot of hours and miles, uh, in this, in this totally new type of running that like is a very different form from how you used to run. So I don't know why that's so interesting to me. I just think, uh, I don't know. I'm just very excited for, for a year from now, if I can manage to keep doing that, which is a big if, as like I just said, uh, I don't know. I just I would really curious to know like can can changing your running form really make a big difference in in the results you get? Yeah, have, have you noticed? I mean, like, are you are you scientifically looking at like? I mean, I guess it's been a long time since you were in any sort of consistent running training, but um, like, is it more efficient? Is it faster? I mean, have you have you noticed any sort of change like that? I I don't have any science about it at all. I know like when I was when I was first learning it, and when I was having some successful runs with it. Uh, I was finding that I was able, I was able to run faster when I would do the new form than when I did the old form, which was surprising to me, right? Because the first time I tried to ever like increase my cadence, I was so slow and so inefficient when I would try to switch to it. And it felt like it was never going to be normal. This one, I actually ran faster during the, you know, I would do like a 10 K sort of time trial. And, and for the, for the minutes where I was running in this new way, I would just, my pace would just naturally be faster. Um, perhaps for the same level of exertion, I think. Uh, now there was a, a a downside of that, and that was that I had all this extreme calf soreness and tightness afterwards that would make me miss runs. 
So yeah. it turned out to be a huge limiting factor. Maybe I was trying to do too much too soon. I don't know. Um, but yeah, but that's why I'm excited because of how it how it felt. And even when it feels now, I can just I can just tell when I'm in one form of it versus another. And it just feels dramatically more, uh, I don't know. I just feel much springier and, and like I'm actually engaged, not just like lazily running. Well, that's so, cool. Anyway, that's great. Yeah. Total side note, but uh, so that basically that is the opposite of what we're talking about here today, which is a fitness habit that's working for you. Congratulations! Yes, yeah, it kind of is. All right, so we're we're probably about as long as we should go here, Doug. Um, I yeah. jotted down a few more. I'll mention them really mm-hmm. quickly. Uh, these are more just so people have more more fodder here of ways that I'm not good. Uh, if it helps <laughs> them feel better, uh, Social stuff, right? I talk about it. I read about it in Blue Zones type things, how important social network is to your life and a strong social life. I'm, I'm terrible at that. And I almost always would choose to be alone instead of like meet up with people. Uh, not that I hate being with people. I, I have a handful of like really good friends who I who I'd love to see and love to hang out, but I really do because they don't, they don't live near me. Um, but yeah, I'm just like meeting new people, making new friends. I'm just terrible at it because... I just almost always like if I'm at soccer practice, like I'll just tend to sit in the mm-hmm. car and read instead of get out and go talk to the other parents. Cause I don't, I don't just don't want to waste an hour talking. I want to like get something accomplished and finish reading something or exercise or whatever. So I'm awful yeah. at that. Yeah. Um, I, I really bad at going to the dentist. I just, I just hate, <laughs> I, my teeth are like my weakness, I think. And I've heard people complain about plant-based diets and teeth before. Uh, I don't know if that's a real thing. I think I've always had, weird like sensitive teeth issues that like to this day i can't if i drink like a margarita or uh even if i drink orange juice uh or lemonade especially lemonade anything that is sugary and acidic my teeth mm-hmm. it, they hurt so much for the rest of the day and i can't chew anything hard oh wow uh, yeah, and i've had that like since i was a kid yeah i've had it ever since <laughs> i was little so it's like i just for whatever reason have, have so every time i go to the dentist they they you know just tell me all these things I have to do and all these procedures and I need to go to see an orthodontist and I need to do this. And I'm just like, it's just a, a horrible experience. So then I just don't go back to them uh, or or anyone. <laughs> so <laughs> I am very bad at, at keeping up with the dentist and same goes for the uh, the doctor. I don't I do not do yearly physicals either. Uh, of course, Dr. Gregor tells me that I shouldn't. According to his analyses, it's more often uh, that it is a net loss in health by going to the doctor, mm. net expected loss in health. Because of the chance of, of them misdiagnosing or finding things that don't need to be pursued, and then anxiety gets created, uh, which has happened to me before for sure, uh, and possibly even even unnecessary procedures happen. Um, so anyway, there's there's some interesting analysis that shows that it is not a good idea to go to the doctor on any sort of regular basis. Um, we should clarify we're not we're not giving medical advice on that. <laughs> we're just sharing well, with I'm just saying I'm saying do your own research on that. Yeah, 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 there, that's good. <laughs> um, yeah, and sleep. I mean, sleep is a health habit for sure. And I don't. It's not. The, it's not for lack of trying. I really do try hard to sleep well. Uh, but it just. It's hard. I'm just not. Not a good sleeper. So, all kinds of issues there. Laundry <laughs> list of issues. <laughs> Laundry list. Yeah, yeah. I. Uh, the the dentist one. Uh, is is a is a big one although yeah i i tend to have pretty good teeth you know i'm not trying oh, yeah? to not trying to brag or anything but you know <laughs> you just like, i go to the dentist and they're like oh you you must floss twice a day and i'm like no i haven't flossed in four years you know <laughs> <laughs> um but uh 
but the um where was it going with that oh what i was gonna say was that i've always thought that it was because of my plant-based diet that that i had good teeth so uh-huh it's interesting you've heard opposite of that yeah i i've heard that. it's not again not have seen any studies about that at all so i i don't know it could just been people looking for something to bash yeah well my last one that uh that we don't need to go into any detail on is is the um is phone habits you know be addicted to uh addicted to pulling my phone out of my pocket and just checking mm-hmm. things mindlessly i thought, you, I thought you deleted all, all triggers you know I've, I've gotten better i've deleted uh some social media apps deleted tiktok deleted uh, twitter that were two of my my biggest the biggest <laughs> i still don't understand what you were doing on tiktok how that becomes for a 40 year old man or 38 whatever you are how does tiktok become an issue <laughs> it doesn't make sense to me you know like what are you looking on there who's content the, the political stuff know. that you're into no it's like comedians it's i mean like but like other i don't know just like funny stuff man there's funny <laughs> stuff on tiktok <laughs> i don't even know how it happens it just did I, I, apparently it's growing among among all ages not just young people but i don't understand it well anyway tiktok is gone twitter is gone uh although i might bring twitter back because we might do some fun things with twitter but um we, we might but you know it, it honestly it doesn't even matter like it doesn't matter what the what is what it is that's on the phone it just like <laughs> just like there's just the habit of pulling out the phone and uh <laughs> and then like i just find something to look at which is just i don't know it's just uh-huh. it's just a bad habit so again we don't need to go into that but um that's uh that's one that i i just really wish really wish was out of my life <laughs> yep a lot of people do it. Well, you could you could make it out of your life. Get one of those phones, aren't they? Isn't that coming back as a thing? People, the deliberate, yeah, like, dumb like, phone, dumb phones that still do some smart things, like uh, like what you know. Yeah, what I want is the one that I can listen to podcasts and stuff. But right, but I, not, I not think have social that, and stuff. I think that will. I think soon enough you will have really good solutions to that, because I think people are realizing that we are fallible and like we're where it can be our own worst enemy sometimes in our in our choices we make so if we had some things that nudge us in the correct direction uh you know don't totally limit us forever but they just make it really hard to do things you don't want to do uh mm-hmm. i think that's it i think i think people are starting to understand that so i think hopefully we'll have a phone one day that gives us all kinds of good you know google maps functionality and right. maybe maybe email and other things but doesn't really allow the other things or if it does requires tremendous effort to you know do them each time uh mm-hmm. So yeah, hopefully that happens. I I'd be into that. Yep. Well, everybody, we're not perfect. I'm sure you're not either. So we're all friends. There you go. All right. Good. Um. Yeah. Another good episode. What are we at? Doug? Four hundred episodes yet? Was that a long time? Oh ago? yeah. Four. Ah. You know what? Oh man, this is four twenty. I was gonna say something. Oh. Okay. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why it felt appropriate to say something, but uh, I don't either. I don't even know. Yeah, just I don't even know what you're referring to. <laughs> um, no yeah, episode four twenty. That's big, man. It's a lot of a lot of a lot of episodes. Yes, it is. Good. Okay. Well, then we'll see you next All time. All right. Thanks, everybody. We will see you. Uh...